Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Well, good morning, everybody. So great to see everyone here on a beautiful day today. Not quite as hot, which is great. We cancelled the um, bonfire the other day thinking, oh man, it's going to be like this. No one's going to even want to come. We'll be out there, just, we'll die at the bonfire. So let's just pray. Father, we want to uh, come to you and we want to hear from you, Lord. want to hear your heartbeat around Creekside Church and what you'd like us to achieve this year. Lord, we open ourselves to listen to your Holy Spirit, open our minds, open our hearts now to just receive a word from you, Lord. And we thank you for speaking to us, Lord, giving us some clarity in the name of Jesus. Amen. I was just thinking as I um, was preparing to come up this morning, it's a kind of a sacred moment when you start thinking and talking about vision. Vision is something that will change people's lives. When we have a vision, the Bible says that things will move forward, things will grow, and lives will be changed. It also says in Habakkuk that it says without a vision, the people will perish. So we want to have a vision. We want to have something that we could grab a hold to. But most importantly, we want to have God's vision, God's vision for us, for our church and for our way forward. And I want to share, I have that vision in my heart for changed life, including yours and mine. I want to change. And I want all of us to be a people who would see spiritually lost people make that journey of daily steps of faith in a positive direction towards Jesus Christ. And then surrendering our lives, as we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ and be filled and led by the Holy Spirit in an authentic way, we could love people and pray people into the fellowship. And as we embrace people into the fellowship, our church, we could have the joy of seeing them grow and spend their lives coming to know Jesus in a very personal way and become fully devoted followers of Christ as well. That's my vision. That's our vision, that we would see changed lives for Jesus Christ. That's it in a nutshell, isn't it? But let's flesh it out a little more today. We've been in a series, we've called it My Fantastic Five over this year so far, and this series has been all about having some clear goals or resolutions or things that would become lifetime habits that could help me grow, not only to survive this year, but to thrive throughout 2023. And so I got up to number four, and today as we finish with number five, this series as being Vision Sunday, I'd like to paint for us a picture of what Creekside Church 2023 could be about. And this is kind of like my last goal, my final goal. But it's not all about me and my growth. It's about you and it's about us and who we could be together and what we could achieve this year. But it is a goal that I have set for myself and I'm asking and inviting you into this this vision, this, this description of what we could, this preferred future could be and say, let's make this our goal. Let's do this together. So before we do that though, let's do a real quick recap and it'll be up on the screen if we could get that up there for me, Steve. Um, the very first slide is uh, just going through quickly a recap on my Fantastic Five. These are my goals for this year to make lots of small, healthy and wise choices every day. Now, this goal was all about how many small choices I could make in my life that will determine my physical, my emotional and my spiritual life and set my course and ultimately impact my life over the long haul. That was my first goal. My second goal was around refreshing my soul every morning, 
refreshing my soul, replenishing my soul every morning. And this is a commitment to have some daily Bible intake, to meditate on that word and then pray that word into my life and to do that in the morning so that I would benefit from the fact that I spoke to the King of Kings first thing and that it would help me determine the rest of my day. I would have a strong sense of the presence of God on my life all day long. And so I replenished my soul every morning. The third goal that I've set for 2023 is to have my character God's way. I want my character to be formed and have my heart transformed into the likeness of Christ. I have a goal to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit transform me, being expressed through me fully through through my life. It's a goal that I have to look at the end of 2023 to look more like Christ than what I do now. I want to be more like Christ than what I am now. And then last week, I presented fantastic goal number four. Does anyone remember that one? Wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. And this is about my engagement level, my engagement level, my focus, and being fully present in my life. Like the psalmist said in Psalm 16:8, he said, I have set the Lord always before me. Psalm 16:8. I'm believing for us to be a church that would always set the Lord before us, that we would always have and be present and fully engaged with God, a people who have always set the Lord before us. And that leads me to number five, which is, again, not about me and not about my growth, but about us and as a church, but I'm committing to this, and I'm inviting you to be committed to this with me on this Vision Sunday. Can I hear an amen? amen? All right, here we go. This is number five. Say it with me. Connect, love, unify and build. And I want you to hear my heart today. I have set a goal in my life to connect more with you this year, my church family. I want to love you more. I want to love this church more this year. I want to build up my church family more. I want to be unified around a purpose and step forward with you into all that God has for us as a church family. I want to be part of something special that God is doing this year, that he has designed something unique, something that he has purposed for our lives. And I want to belong to a church, a church family who would love each other and build each other up and unify and and be connected together, unified around Christ and for our community, for the benefit of our community. And there's no better place for us to look at this and to see this and talk about a clear vision for this than when we look at the local church that was born and and is presented in Acts chapter 2, where the early church was born. When the believers had a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take a little look at Acts chapter 2 today. So it was the day of Pentecost and God-fearing Jews had come from all nations They'd all come together and they're all speaking their own languages. So it would have been quite an interesting gathering. And, but they were all gathered in one place. But then suddenly this sound like a mighty roaring wind came in. And it did something amazing. Some miraculous things happened. Even what looked like tongues of fire landed on everybody. And all of a sudden a great miracle happened. It says in verse 6, When they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Now think about that. Isn't that an amazing miracle? And it says there that they were utterly amazed to hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. And then it says, Then Peter stepped forward 
with the 11 other apostles. Say that with me. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles. And I want you to remember that verse for a little bit later on. And what followed was a powerful gospel presentation that Peter gave where he talked about the death and the resurrection of Jesus and how they needed to repent and be baptised. It was an incredible uh, presentation of the gospel. It says in verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Now, remember, they're all hearing this now in their own language. They're all able to understand this gospel. And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And 41, it says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all, the church was born. Isn't that, I mean, there's a lot going on right there, right? There's a lot going on right there. We're going to have six people baptized next week and we're going to celebrate. Imagine 3,000 people being saved and baptized all in one go. Incredible things are going on. Firstly, what was going on? Well, God had prepared them, firstly, to hear the gospel, to hear it in their own language, in a tongue that they could understand, in a way that they could all get it and grasp it and have their lives changed. God did this amazing miracle to get ready to, to launch the church. He prepared them, in a sense, to launch the church. He empowered them with the Holy Spirit. He envisioned them to take this message to the ends of the earth and launch them out as the church. And what happened next is where I want us to focus today. This freshly spirit-filled group of people, they formed a new community. And I want you to picture what this may have been like. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 48, it explains a picture, a beautiful picture. And I want us to kind of grasp that today and say, maybe we could be like this. And it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. As we go through this, think of some of the key words in this passage that you could say, yes. I could grab that. I could be like this. We could be like this. All of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers, they met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions and they shared the money with those who are in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day and they met in their homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It just kept growing and growing and growing. It's like this was a magnetic group of people. These people were attractive people. And 2,000 years later, here we are, a part of the fastest growing religion in the world, Christianity, and the church is still growing with billions of people now, a part of this great revolution that God set in place back here 2,000 years ago. God is still growing his church today. And devoted believers are still gathering all over the world today, right now, doing these very things, connecting in deep relationships, loving with the love of Christ, sharing their lives together where masks come off and life gets real and friendships go deep 
and hearts get healed and lives are saved and people are grown as disciples and people are building prevailing ministries and prevailing churches and they're being unified around a great purpose of Jesus. It's a pretty simple recipe really, isn't it? It's a pretty simple recipe for a powerful revolution that continues to change the world. I mean, some of the key words that stand out to me is where it says, all the believers, right there, all the believers. Everyone was part of this. All the believers were part of this movement. And then it says, they devoted themselves. Powerful words here. They devoted themselves. They were all giving into this. They were all devoted to the fellowship. They were all devoted to opening their homes and sharing meals. They were all devoted to the apostles' teaching and growing their spiritual lives. They were a devoted people. They just had a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't a westernized, commercialized church with the smoke machine and lights to attract everyone in. It wasn't like that. They were just filled with the Holy Spirit. That's all they had. In the midst of being persecuted for their faith, they were filled with the power of God and they said, let's be a devoted people. And I just believe that's a great recipe for a powerful church. And it says, another powerful words here is, a deep sense of awe came over them all. God was moving. His spirit was moving here and they sensed it and there was a sense of awe among them. When was the last time you had a sense of awe? of God's presence. It's not like, oh, I've got to go to church again. Not that kind of awe. (laughs) A sense of awe of God's presence. When was that last moment you heard the word of God, you listened to the spirit of God and and you just were like in awe? Or when we sang a song of worship before and I was standing there and it just hit me as Russ was leading, we are victorious. Oh, we are victorious. I just had a moment of awe of God's power in my life. And so much more as we look in here, there's so many beautiful key words and painting this picture of what a church could be. Could we be like that early church again, church? Could we be like this? Over the last six months since I've been here at at Creekside, I've been thinking and praying and listening to our elders talking and, and our ministry team as we gather and talking to many of you and listening to your hearts. And, and I'm hearing these kind of things being said. Could we be a church like this? And I'm feeling these things too. I've been hoping and praying, believing, trying to be part of a church like this for my whole ministry. And even since I, was, I became a Christian when I was 17, I want to be part of a church like this. And when I read these verses, I see some really beautiful pictures. And we couldn't dissect the whole thing in the next 20 minutes, but we could look at maybe four key things that we could focus on this year as we look at our vision and what we could do to flesh this out among us. And that's what I'd like to focus on, these four things. God wants us to connect in community, to love the fellowship, to unify on purpose, and to build prevailing believers. I want to focus on these four things this year, and I want us to have a look in the light of the Acts passage that we just read to see how we might be able to step into these four things in a greater way during 2023. And the first one then we'll focus on is connecting in our community. Now, I'm sure we all have a desire to connect in our community, a desire to have connection with the people around us. The early church, they connected in their community so well. In fact, at the very beginning of the book of Acts, 
When Jesus was about to ascend into heaven, he told his disciple these words in Acts 1.8. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere about me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that's exactly what happened. Hey, but what's that look like for us here at Creekside today? As I was chatting through this with our little ministry team, and I've talked about this with our elders and, and others, now we really felt that what we would love to see here is growing among us is an evangelistic culture, a culture where it's normal for us to be able to speak the word of God and preach the word of God and share the love of God and, and, and invite people in and, and have an outreaching focus among us where we could reach people because not because they're a mission to us, but because we love them, because God loves them. And because they matter to God, they need to matter to us. And we love them because God believed in them and it would be God's desired outcome that they wouldn't perish, but they become a part of us and be joined into a loving community like us in a relationship with him, but in connection with us as well. Well, let me give you a little snapshot of what that could look like for us this year as we begin a journey about trying to build an evangelistic culture and connecting in our community. Firstly, what's our Jerusalem? What's our Jerusalem? Well, it's our personal, it's our immediate community. It's those who are closest to our friends and our families and our neighbours and our workmates and our school friends. And, you know, it's, it's our immediate sphere of influence. That's our Jerusalem. And this year, I, I don't want to give you a program, but what I want to do is I want to train us. I want to talk to us. I want to help us to grow in understanding how to be a powerful witness for Christ. How can I preach the gospel effectively and clearly? I want you to be able to, by the end of this year, be able to speak the gospel message clearly to those who need it in your community. I want you to be able to share your testimony with confidence because that's a power of God to salvation. I want you to be able to preach the gospel and share your testimony and lead someone to Jesus Christ, that God will use you to connect with your Jerusalem, that you could be a witness for him. That's what I want to do. I want to see you equipped to be a witness, equipped to be an evangelist. Does that sound like a good idea? That's something I believe we could all do. What about our Judea? Well, this is a wider community. It's not just our Jerusalem. And to me, it's kind of obvious if we look at our door, on our doorstep, we're right on this campus. We have this opportunity to connect in our college campus in some really powerful ways and to minister to literally hundreds of families' lives right here at Carmichael College. And, and this is not a new idea, guys. This is not an idea I came up with. This is a vision of this church since its inception, that, that when there would be a college one day, the church was to become part of the DNA and, and the DNA of the college and there'd be this kind of alignment in the mission so the mission of the college and the mission of the church. And so this year we want to kind of step up that connection level between our church and the college. And it's an exciting thing because it's not just in my heart. This is in our elders' hearts. This is in our ministry team's heart. And we've just got a new principal, Richard, who's here with us. It's in his heart and it's in the staff's heart on campus. This is not something that we're going to struggle to do. Leonie's here. She's overseeing this connection. It's an exciting opportunity to have powerful ministry that will see lives changed 
This year as a church, we could be part of something bigger than just us as we reach into our Judea. For some of you, it's your Jerusalem. Some of you, that is your Jerusalem. Your workmates are there and and you're working alongside people and mixing, rubbing shoulders with these families every day. But we could join in and as a church, we could help and we can minister and we can pray for what's going on on this campus and we can have church members, including myself, involved in the ministry on this campus. You know, just last Two weeks ago, on the very first day, when all the prep parents were coming for their first day, all nervous and dropping their little kids off, and all the new families that have joined Carmichael College came along. As a church, we had a, maybe 10 or 12 of us as volunteers who were there on our, on our um, new families day, I forget what we call it now, um, first day of school, and we were there to serve morning teas and love on those people and pray with them and have some good chats and connect with them and say we were representing the church in our Judea. We're here to connect with our community. And there's so many more opportunities like that will come over this year. We've got our Mother's Day breakfast and our Father's Day, um, big, big big dad's big night out and some other great opportunities like that coming. And we have our chapel here every Friday. This room is filled with hundreds of students in our church space. Isn't that exciting? Every week they come in and, and hear the gospel and worship the Lord. And they're literally flooded with parents in this space, in our space. People coming into God's space, into his church. This is connection happening. And we can be a part of this. And we can intentionally connect with these families. We have opportunities. We could build a youth leadership team over time. I want to see our youth team getting into the college and connecting with high schoolers and then bringing those high schoolers into our youth group on Friday nights and, and into our squad Sundays and here on Sundays in church. And so I want to see more and more of this connection happening over this year. And that's really exciting. Is that exciting or not? Yes? It sound good? We have opportunities. You're um, just blasting with a fire hydrant, aren't I? Sorry, guys. I'm just excited about this, okay? And I've got a lot to get through. We have opportunity that we want to lead some amazing courses throughout this year. We already do our alphas. I know we've got an alpha course planned for our second term and our fourth term, and we're going to be doing that through the college and working closely with the college. And, and then in our third term, we're going to have a, a marriage course as well. And that'll be going as, again, being promoted through the college. And we have other things that we'll do, some, some one-night kind of course like parenting and course around mental health, a course around anxiety and different things like relationship courses. We just want to see things that will help change lives and bring the gospel into that and make connection with our community. There's so much opportunity here as we would minister into our Judea, into our college community and you and us are a part of that is that exciting what about our Samaria well it says here that it went out even further into Samaria and really that's a different cultural group yeah it's further afield it's it's that next level out of connection for us it might be saying what about the greater regions like Pine Rivers and and the region of you know Redcliffe area and maybe up to the the Caboolture region and that, that, that wider region, maybe half an hour to an hour drive away from us. What would that look like for us? Well, we want to pray into that, we want to keep believing that God will show us how we could most effectively reach that area. But I want to make a commitment to at least two things, two events that we could do this year that will help reach our Samaria. And that is Easter Sunday. This year, leading up to Easter Sunday, next Sunday we're going to start the book of Mark and we're going to work our way through the book of Mark over the rest of this term and we're going to come to the week leading up to Easter, we're going to have a Passover dinner together. 
That'll be so fantastic. And then on that Good Friday, but that's really internal. That's for us. But then on Easter Sunday, that's the day I want us to really just reach out, invite our friends, invite people in, invite our community, and we will we'll gear that event, we'll gear that service to be really gospel-focused and make it really a beautiful opportunity for them to hear a clear message of the gospel. And the other one is our Christmas event. We want to, again, just build on what we did last year and make it even better this year as an outreach to our Samaria so that you can all use these two events this year to bring people into a gospel-focused, Christ-centered event, but one that speaks their language, one that they can understand, one where they get touched, one that's a positive touch point for our whole community. Does that sound good? So we'll focus on that this year. But what about the ends of the earth? How are we connecting to the ends of the earth? Well, here at Creekside, we have our, our missions focus, and, and Carla helps with that, and Mia's on that little team, and I'm on that little team, and, and there's an opening for others to come and help us. We want to see this grow, and I'm not going to get into this too much now because there's so much I could talk about missions, but I want you to know our heart is that we will expand and have a ministry outside of these walls and right out to the ends of the earth. And so a big part of that is I'd love for just a quick snapshot. We, we support like Stephen and Margot Biggs, who we heard from last week, and they came and visited here, and Steve's a pilot with math, and Margot's a nurse, and then we had Ian and Leanne Buckley, and they've been up in Nepal training pastors in Nepal, and Netra and Nemina, who are also Nepalese couple, and we support them as they lead an orphanage in Nepal. And then we have Elise Long, who's based in a remote village in the, in the Philippines, and uh, living in that village and teaching the gospel and, and other skills in that community. She's having an impact there. And we support all these people financially and prayerfully. And I want us to grow in this. And so one of the things we're, we're going to start is, is supporting Paulson and Sunny. Paulson and Sunny is in India, very close to my heart. I've known them for like 15, 20 years now. Um, they have around 30, 20 to 30 orphans that they, have in the, they care for in their home. He's a pastor, he leads three churches, and he trains hundreds of pastors in their region. Very busy man. He also has two of his own children, him and Sonny, beautiful family. And we're just taking them under our umbrella and we're saying, let's get behind these guys. Let's, let's support them and let's love them. And so we'll talk more about that throughout the year. We'll have a missions dinner together. We can learn about our missionaries. We might even send a missions team out this year and go and do some mission work overseas. Wouldn't that be exciting? And we could send them with power and prayer and financial support and get behind these people as they, they follow God's call on their life to get out to the ends of the earth. I'm challenged by this, church, as we're connecting in the community and being witnesses, whether it be our immediate sphere of influence in Jerusalem or our Judea or our Samaria or to the ends of the earth. I'm challenged by the early church. And we look in Acts chapter 2 by what, they were, what it says that they were. It says that they were enjoying the goodwill. Say goodwill. They were enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. May we here at Creekside enjoy the goodwill of all the people around us in our surrounding community. May we have such a positive witness that Carmichael College looks at our church and we have the goodwill of the college upon this church. May we have a positive witness that our reputation goes before us and we would be a magnetic community of faith where our community would be blessed and drawn in to be part of this work that God wants to do here. 
May we be a powerful testimony of Christ's love that the Lord would add to our fellowship those who are being saved. That's what I mean when I say connect to our community. Is that okay? When I say connect to our community. The next part of the early church that really impacts me is the incredible love that they had for each other. And this was love of another kind. This year, I want to love the fellowship. This is my goal. I want to love this fellowship, but not my love, God's love in me. A lavish love. It's love of another kind. It's love from heaven. Last year, I sensed that God was telling me that he wanted to lavish this church in his love and that he wants each one of us to lavishly express love on this fellowship as well. So how? Well, let's just get insanely practical right now. Is that okay? Let's just get practical. One of the best ways to build relationships and flood it with love is to love the fellowship around food regularly. I don't hear any complaints, right? Around food regularly. I want you and all of us to love the fellowship this year more than you have ever loved it before. Make it your goal this year to love this fellowship at a deeper level than you have loved it before. Can we all do this? There's a challenge. You only need to connect with a few people, not a hundred people, just a handful of people, but you need to do this. No one should be lonely in this place. No one should not feel the love of God in this church. Everyone should feel the love of God being expressed through someone. Just reach out to someone and love more deeply. If you're lonely here, tell someone, I'm lonely here. Reach out and tell me, I'm lonely here. I need to connect with someone. That's the problem when you get in a crowd. People get lost in the cracks. That's true. It's not because people don't care. or No, it's just people, that's what happens in crowds. It's not that you didn't get love. No, it's just, that's just what happens in crowds. That's why we break down into small groups. That's why we get connected and find love in, in just a handful of people. So no one gets lost in the crowd. But reach out to us. So here's what I want everyone to try and do this year. It's just a few little tips here. And I know that this will help us lift the love quotient all over this church. And we're going to look back at the end of 2023 and we're going to say, whoa, what a loving fellowship. Here's the first one. Stick around for morning tea. That's pretty practical, isn't it? We could, we could all do this. Commit to stick around for a while after a service. Come to morning tea. Sue, Bilby, she's out there. She's bringing food. She's setting up. Get on the roster. Bring some food to share. Let's stick around. Make it a really beautiful, special time after the service and just connect with people. Make sure you don't just run off and, and do your own things. Make sure you spend a little bit of extra time here and connect with someone. That's an easy one that we could all do that. But here's a new idea I want to bring in. Five-minute bring a minute, right? Five minutes, bring a minute. Where are we all committed to open our arms? We're all committed to open our hearts to the fellowship for the first five minutes after service. I've heard it called a five-minute rule, but I don't want to put a rule around this. It's not a rule. This is a value. We value people. So five minutes, we're going to bring a minute. We're going to open our arms to anyone who's new, anyone who's a new family or looks lonely and on their own. And the first five minutes after service is finished, I'm not going to run off and run to the car. First five minutes after service is finished, I'm not going to run to my little group of friends that I'm always with. No, I'm going to look around. I'm going to say, I'm going to meet a family. I'm going to go and meet someone I've never met before, and I'm going to help bring them in. I'm going to bring them into the fellowship. I'm going to love them into my church family. 
That's what we're going to do. Before running away, I'm going to bring him in it. Now, I've worked out the key. Listen to this. I've worked out the key to building a loving fellowship. And it's this. The fellowship will be lavished in love if you lavish it in love. Whoa, isn't that deep? Isn't that profound? It's not up to me to lavish this church in love. It's up to us to lavish this fellowship with love. It's your job. It's my job to five minutes, bring them in it. Start building that. And I'll tell you what, you'll meet some amazing people. I know I have met so many amazing people here and you will fall more in love with your church when you meet more and more amazing people. We will have so much love flowing in this place because we're loving people with the love of God. And that's what I long for. The next thing is to take this even further. Are you ready? Open your home up. Open your home up. Take this idea even further. Be hospitable to someone in your church. Invite them over. Eat together. I want to give you permission. If you don't have the gift of hospitality, I want to give you permission to have baked beans on toast. We can all do that. It doesn't matter what the food is. It's about being together. Open your home up and and love each other with that. If you can't do baked beans on toast, go to a cafe. Okay? Still, we want to invite people around and share life together. I know Leonie's done this. She's awesome at doing that. I remember Damien and Brianna invited me and myself out for dinner just a week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago. It was so awesome just to spend that evening together and get to know them and, and it's fellowship around food. So good. I loved doing that. You can do the cooking together. Or you could do the washing up together. You could sit around the bench together, sit around the table in the lounge together. Just sit and talk and learn about each other's lives and be in the fellowship. But food always does this, hey? Fellowship around food. It's great. If you're really shy, you can hide behind a cracker. You know, I'm just eating my cracker. Food is so good like that. I want you to do this. I want you to go for it. In fact, this year, I want you to set a goal. Love this church more than you ever have before. And what I want you to say is, how many people could I invite into my home this year? How many more people could I invite over and be part of my family, my church family? How could I connect in even more? And remember the example of the early church where it says in Acts 2.46, this beautiful picture, they met in their homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. It's up to all of you to lavish this church with love. It's up to all of you and me to do this. And I'm setting this as one of my goals of the Fantastic Five. And I'm going to leave you to stew on that one. Get it? Stew on it? I know my jokes. They're dad jokes, right? Just remember, the early church, remember it says in Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the fellowship. To, to the fellowship. They're sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, Acts 2.42. I want to ask you a question. Are you devoted to the sharing and the fellowship? This is not for just a few of us. It says all of us, the believers, were devoted to the fellowship. This is part of God's purpose for your life. And as you do this, it will change lives. God will use you to love the members of Creekside Church, and he wants us to be devoted to this. And that's a goal that I've set for myself this year to love more deeply. Now, let's move on to number three, unify on purpose. 
The Bible says in Psalm 133, verse 1, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And so we worship God together in unity. There's a blessing that God will pour out on us that's so great. The early Christians understood this. Remember in verse 44, it said, All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They were together. They were of one heart. The passage says, All the believers devoted themselves to this. It says a deep sense of all came over what? All of the believers. It says all the believers were together. They had one heart. There was a lot of unity and a lot of unity around their purpose. Yes, they would come with all different cultures and different languages and all these things as they came from all different places and different nations. But they were united around their purpose of Jesus Christ. He was a uniter and the spirit even is called a spirit of unity, the Holy Spirit. And yes, we have diversity here at Creekside too, all different backgrounds and persuasions and different church backgrounds and different belief systems. And We've all come into this place, but we are united around the gospel. We're united around Jesus and what he is, who he is. So we stand strong on this and we are immovable on this. We stand strong on who Jesus is. And when Satan tries to come and destroy the unity in this place, we know how to stand firm in it. So how can we unify on purpose? Well, this year I want to take a big step as a church that's going to really help unify us. And I've been spending the time with our elders to discuss this as well. I want to introduce a class, a discipleship class. It'll be probably a two-hour class. It's going to be called Creekside Partners. Creekside Partners. And it's a, it's a class where we'll, we'll run one in about six weeks and we'll do it after church. We'll have lunch together with those who want to do the class and, and then we'll launch into that for a couple of hours together. In that class, we're going to look at what it means to call Creekside Church your spiritual home, where your heels can go in and your roots can go down and to partner together with our vision and our mission and, and our being a gospel-centered Christ-centered church, that what it means, we'll learn in there, to, what it means to commit to each other and to unify around our fundamental beliefs as a church. I'm really excited about this class because what that will help is not only grow in our faith personally and deepen us as a church fellowship, but it's going to unite us around our purpose. We're going to see unity lifted in this place this year because we'll run this class maybe a few times through the year. If you missed the first one, we'll do it again some other time through the year uh, a few times because we want everybody to have that opportunity to come in and say, what's it mean to be a partner of Creekside Church, to partner in the vision and the mission of this church? So we want to implement this class throughout this year. That's part of our vision for increasing that sense of unity. Does that sound good? This will help us unite. And finally, I want to talk today about our fourth commitment that I'm making this year, and that is to build prevailing believers. Build prevailing believers. We need to remember that God is in the building business, and he is building his own house, the church. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God wants us to be prevailing He wants his church to prevail. He wants you to be a prevailing believer. Creekside is his house and he has a plan for us to be a prevailing church. When hell rises up and hell tries to pull the rug out from under you, which he does, he tries to attack us, but we can prevail. He will not win. 
He has lost that battle because we stand firm in Christ. But you need to know how to do that, how to be a prevailing believer in Christ, how to stand firm in your identity in Christ. We need to grow in this, and that can happen as we build prevailing believers. The Bible says in Psalm 92 that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age, and they will stay fresh and green. And that's what I want for you, to be prevailing into your old age. So church, I'm committed this year as one of my goals to see us create and implement what we could call a discipleship pathway a pathway over this year that you could see where could I step onto that pathway, a pathway for all of us to step onto and grow, to be like that cedar of Lebanon, to be planted in the house of the Lord and know what is that step, step-by-step guide for me to take my next step in growing in Christ so that I can keep on growing and growing and growing and growing. That's what my vision is for you. It's not some fancy vision to say, let's get more lights and smoke machines. My vision for you is that we make disciples. Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples. There's nothing new here. But he didn't want it to be random. He didn't want it to happen by chance. Jesus had a a mission. He said, go, and he didn't want it to just say, go and make disciples. He said, no, you need a strategy. This is what I'm calling you to do. If you leave it up to chance, it's not going to happen. We won't grow to our full potential and become fully devoted followers of Christ like we read in this beautiful painting, picture of of the early church. So we need this step-by-step guide for new Christians to say, well, what's my next step as a Christian? How do I take that step of understanding how to read the Bible, how to, to pray, and what's it mean to connect into a church and That's what new Christians need, that love and support to help them take those steps. And and then even those who are older in their faith, what's it mean to to go deeper and to understand how to really study the Bible and how to be transformed so that I become like Christ? You see, we need a pathway for this. So we're going to have this pathway developed and we're going to implement it throughout the year. And by the end of this year, we'll all know where we can jump on the pathway and and grow together. And I want us to keep maturing in Christ in that way. And I want to see myself mature in Christ this way as well. So I need a pathway and you need a pathway. And that's what we're going to do. Does that sound okay? So finally... I want us to build some prevailing ministries this year. And we have some great ministries in our church. God wants to use you in serving and being involved and using the spiritual gifts he's given you. I know some of you have got so many different talents and they're not really being used yet to to build the church here and be part of the ministry. There's so many exciting things that you could be a part of. And he wants to use you in being a ministry to others, just like in the early church. At Creekside, we have lots of ministries where you could be involved serving and helping or just going along and being present. Sometimes, you know, it's just being there. Just being present is a ministry, isn't it? Just being, I know when you're here at church on Sunday, that's a ministry to me. It's like, ah, there's some people here. Praise God. (laughs) That's a ministry to me, right? We're just being present. Your presence is important. It encourages people, the body coming together and and just being there will, will do that. I know it encourages us and others. 
And, um, but what we're going to do on the 19th of February, in two or three Sundays' time, I can't remember how many days that, Sundays that is, um, on that Sunday we're going to have a ministry fair, kind of showcase all different ministries that you could connect in and we'll move outside after church and you can talk to some of the ministry leaders at the different tables that will be all set up out there and, and say, yeah, I'd love to know more about this serving along in the Alpha Course or serving along in the kids' ministries or maybe this year we'd love to start a creche ministry for those with babies. Wouldn't that be cool? or little preps to, you know, preschoolers. We've got a great kids' ministry already with Rhonda and the team, and we want to see that grow as well. But, you know, I really want to see our youth ministry take that next level and become a prevailing ministry. You know, we've got our squad Sunday, and what Laura and the team did over the last year or so has been amazing for our our youth. We want to see that continue with that momentum, and not only continue momentum, but grow. Want to grow our young people and build into young adults and, and see that start to expand in this church as well. So we've got a vision around these things. And, um, and so I want to encourage you on that ministry fair. Say, so what could I be involved with? I want us to see us lift up our women's ministry this year. It's been a focus on my heart, and I'm talking with our elders. I feel all the same about this that we love our women, we want to see the ladies of this church just thriving and growing, and so I just want to invest a bit more time and energy and see some leaders rise up within the women's ministry and some more groups begin, and Shanoa was talking to me about starting a women's walking group. I thought, fantastic, God's starting to stir already. I know a bunch of ladies have started connecting with Mia and wanting to spend some time together. Fantastic, and I know Charlotte's been meeting with our women's Bible study, and she's got some vision stirring in her to see that go deeper as well. Fantastic, God God is already doing some good things in our women's ministry. I want to see that go to another level, another level. So if God's stirring you in our women's ministry, like let's just, let's just see what God wants to do this year in that area too. Another exciting area is an outreach to our community and part of our kids would be that Chinoa came to me the other day feeling all stirred up to start a play group, a play group for mums with little ones and, well, and dads and grandparents who want to bring their little ones along. Isn't that exciting? So on a Monday, starting in term two, we're going to have another outreach to our community as we begin a play group. I think that's exciting. God is stirring. God is starting to do more things around building prevailing ministries and building prevailing people. All right, we'll finish up here. Maybe, Simon, would you come up and lead us in a prayer? Why is having a vision for lives changed so important, church? Why is having a vision for lives changed so important? Why have a vision to connect and love and unify and build this amazing church family? Why do this? Why have a vision? I've often wondered, is there a single common denominator that happens in churches that are growing and churches that are doing amazing things? And I've discovered that God uses all kinds of ministries and all kinds of churches and all kinds of communities in all different ways, with all different leaders and all different methods and all different styles. And those things don't even matter without this vital ingredient. There is one common denominator that you can find in every growing ministry Regardless of denomination, regardless of nationalities, regardless of size, regardless of styles, and it's this. That one common denominator is that leaders who are rising up have a vision. That leaders who are rising up are not afraid to believe for God and take a step of faith to do something in that community. And that vision is always around connecting in the community, loving in the fellowship, uniting around a purpose, and building prevailing believers. 
You know, if you don't have a goal for this church or you don't have a passionate faith here in this church, then your default goal, your default goal is just going to stay the same. And guess what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing's going to happen. No lives will be changed. No love will be shared. No one will be built up. No unity will happen. People will just divide and no real connection with the community will happen because we've aimed at nothing and we got nothing. So let's gather our hearts around this today and Simon will lead us in a moment in prayer. And I want you to seek God this week and I want you to ask God this week in your family, in your church, in this church. And if you lead a small group or you lead a ministry, ask how could I lead with these things in mind? So that as you take God's vision for us to heart, that you could take his word into your heart and you could see what God would want to do in this church this year through you. And when I pray, when Simon prays today and closes his service, that you are going to, about to take a sacred step because the step we're going to take is about to change people's lives. At the moment, it's a vision. We can't see exactly what it looks like, but it's a preferred future. And we're going to take a step forward. I'd like you to stand with me. In Acts chapter 2, 14. Read this verse with me. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles. Here is a demonstration of unity. And something very powerful happened when they stepped forward together. He preached the gospel with power. And a movement of God was ignited and thousands of people were saved. And the rest is history. But it started in unity when they stepped forward together. I love that. I'm going to take a little step forward today, or a big step forward today. You can't take a big step. You've got chairs in front of you. But I want you to step forward with me as a sign, as a symbolic way, as a symbolic way of saying, yes, we're united in this. God, I'm taking a step forward into this vision for 2023. We're going to connect and love and unify and build. I'm taking a step forward. I'm doing it. Would you take a step forward with me today? Let's all do it together. Are you ready? This is a sacred moment that will see lives changed. Let's step forward, church. Simon, you come and lead us in prayer. Let's pray. Awesome God, Heavenly Father, what the privilege it is for us to stand together today to bring glory to your name, to get excited around your kingdom coming to earth. Lord, this is such a special moment. And Father God, I just... We have that picture of when Solomon dedicated the temple to you. And that's a picture of Israel's most thriving, flourishing, most beautiful time in history with one of the wisest kings and rulers that ever lived. And you spoke from heaven a promise, Lord. And we can claim that promise again today in 2 Chronicles where you said, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land and my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. And so, Father God, we just remind you of your promise and we just claim that as your children, that we are here standing humbly before you, that you would empower this vision, 
that your supernatural transforming power would be alive amongst us in our community and throughout every situation we're involved in, Father. We've been inspired today. We've been challenged. We've got practical steps that we can be a part of because we know that this is a community thing. This is the body. Lord, each and every one of us play a part here. And if we don't, it will affect what you can achieve and what you want to do through us. So I pray you'd inspire our hearts, Lord, that you'd spur us on, that you'd encourage us, each one of us, to stand collectively together to see this vision realised in 2023. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And I want to remind you today, this is not my vision. This is the church. This was the early church. This is what churches all throughout history have been doing. Let's worship together just like the early church did. They sang, they praised God. Let's join our hearts now around it. Let's thank God together in Jesus' name.